All right, I think we can get started. Um, we have folks from Spectrum, from Zengate, and do we have someone from the Rosenbridge side? Um, not sure. Um, so uh, let's at least get started. Um, I think we can start with introductions. Um, so if someone from this, who's who is it from the Spectrum side? I'm not sure. I didn't listen in first. Hello, everyone. Uh, Today, I represent Spectrum, Ilya Oskin, uh, CTO of Spectrum Finance. Hey, great to have Glad to hear you all, guys. Go ahead. Yeah, Ilya, uh, can you just tell people about Spectrum and just give a brief introduction for the folks who don't know? Yes, sure. Uh, so we have been building a DEX on Ergo and Cardano for a long time uh, on Ergo uh, we are live uh, in mainnet uh, for almost uh, two years successfully with uh, products like uh, AMMDEX, uh, liquidity farms, uh, liquidity locking features, uh, etc. Uh, on Cardano, we successfully launched uh, tomorrow. Uh, it was a long road uh, to the day. Uh, a lot of work uh, has been done. Uh, to launch it on Cardano. Basically, it's uh, a port of uh, well-tested, battle-tested uh, implementation of uh, decentralized open-source uh, DEX uh, and it's ported from Ergo to Cardano finally. And also, our main project currently is a cross-chain network called uh, Spectrum Network, which we are heavily working on currently. Uh, we also released our first iteration of white paper, uh, which is uh, basically a detailed specification of what we are building. Uh, so definitely I suggest to take a look into it uh, who, ha uh, who haven't done it uh, already. So yeah, guys, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Welcome and congrats on the launch um, and looking forward to hearing more about it later. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so from Zengate side, can you just introduce yourself and um, Zengate as well? Sure. Happy to take that. So my name's Sam. I'm the co-founder of Zengate Global. I started the company with um, my business partner, Daniel Friedman, who was, um, I guess, an OG in the Cardano space. Um, we're currently building our flagship product called Palmyra, um, and it's a tokenized commodity trading platform, and we're looking to launch in the coming months. Um, and I've got uh, Chef on the line as well on the Zengate account, um, and Chef's been working quite closely with Ilya, Yasha, and the Rosenbridge team, um, and sort of helped you know, put this proposal together. So we're, we're really excited to talk a bit about the Catalyst proposal and also if anyone has any questions about Zengate and Palmyra, more than happy to answer that as well. And also congratulations to the Spectrum team. I know you guys have been working on it for a while. Thank you. Yeah, just uh, one question here is, um, I didn't understand how Zengate and um, Spectrum are connected and what you guys are working on together. I know about your proposal, but if you can just uh, describe more about um, what you guys are working collectively on. Yeah, I'd be happy to take that. And then also, um, Ilya, if you want to sort of elaborate, um, I think that might be good. Um, so 
you know, or at least on the spectrum side, um, you know, they've been a sort of OG in the ergo space, building um, a lot of open source infrastructure and, and sort of the first decks. Um, so a, a very reputable team and a very reputable project, um, at least in, in the ergo ecosystem and obviously now in the Cardano ecosystem as well. So um, when Dan and I started uh, Zengate, uh, we'd always thought about building, you know, cross-chain solutions, cross-chain infrastructure. And we had been in discussions with the Rosenbridge team for, I think, over a year around potentially supporting them in some capacity. Initially, it was the idea around, you know, potentially actually using Rosen infrastructure um, to sort of connect side chains on Cardano. So we're having some conversations on that. Um, and it's just a, the conversation itself has evolved quite a fair bit. Um, Rosen ultimately, you know, it's a two-layer bridge um, open source infrastructure. Um, it's, you know, it's a decentralized uh, communication system. So there's no sort of real company or entity behind it. It needs some form of launch partners or launch accelerators. Um, and we sort of put our hand up and Spectrum did as well. And, you know, we sort of partnered the three sort of entities or the three sort of um, projects as, you know, launch sort of partners. So we're basically basically here to help bootstrap Rosen as much as possible, accelerate the development, accelerate the um, onboarding of different watches, you know, the guards um, and users as well. And, and you know, Zengate itself will be utilizing Rosen in some form of capacity um, in our own sort of technology stack. And, you know, Spectrum plays a really important role in terms of providing a place where people can actually exchange, um, you know, tokens and sort of wrapped assets. So that's our role. Um, Ilya, if I've missed anything, feel free to jump in and sort of cover that. Nope. Basically, yep, uh, we are cooperating on exchange on, on our research materials, etc. Got it, got it. I also pinned up the, one of the Twitter threads that uh, we put together in terms uh, of the um, Rosenbridge Spectrum Finance and Zengate proposal. So whoever would like to get some extra info, but not too much info at the same time, uh, you're free, free to, to go for it. Definitely. Cool. Um, I think if we can start uh, discussing the various proposals that we have for Catalyst. And uh, I think there are, what, around six proposals combined together. I was checking out those proposals. I think Spectrum has three and Zengate also has three. And one of them is uh, common across uh, both of you. So I think um, we can get started first discussing about the bridge um, and what what is happening with the Spectrum network. And then we can talk about the uh, proposals that you guys have together about like uh, securing I'm not sure what's the name but it's the SPO1 um, additional revenues for SPO1 so. so I think um, if we can start with that spectrum yeah sure thank you uh, so talking about spectrum network and uh, related proposals so we have been working on Spectrum Network for more than a year already. And uh, it all started uh, a year ago when we uh, created a proposal in uh, Fund9 uh, for a decentralized cross-chain uh, protocol. And 
by that moment, uh, we have only a, a high-level idea of the product, uh, of uh, what um, of, of what solution uh, we need as a team, uh, which is build, building DeFi products on top of uh, layer one blockchains such as uh, Ergo and Cardano. We saw limitations of uh, current approach. Uh, we saw uh, that um, our vision was that a cross-chain uh, solution uh, that uh, allows to aggregate liquidity from different networks to offload uh, execution uh, b- burden of uh, execution of smart contracts uh, on uh, uh, on another protocol from layer one uh, will unlock uh, a lot of possibilities for us uh, as a product team. Uh, so we started working on Spectrum. We got uh, funding uh, in F9 and we spent uh, a lot of effort uh, to to design the protocol. It was uh, a lot of research, uh, a lot of uh, development and testing. Uh, it's an iterative process. Uh, so we implemented a a networking layer. Uh, it's basically a, a layer that allows to build uh, peer-to-peer networking protocols. Uh, but it was uh, the easiest part. Uh, we built it uh, with uh, best practices in mind, with best uh, technologies available. But the most difficult part was uh, the protocol itself, because uh, other cross-chain protocols, they basically... Um, focus more on features uh, because they sell features, but uh, they almost forget about uh, about fundamentals. So they are consensus protocols which secure basically all that construction which uh, every bridge or cross-chain network is. Uh, they forget uh, about security. Uh, so uh, they end up uh, like a NPC network uh, of uh, eight nodes or a few dozens of nodes uh, in uh, the best case. And uh, it's not a decentralized solution. You basically have to transfer your funds to some multi-seq wallet uh, and uh, live with that uh, and hope that uh, this uh, fixed uh, committee of uh, multi-seek uh, key holders uh, won't, uh, won't cheat you uh, or uh, there is no uh, some critical uh, vulnerability in the implementation of uh, their MPC network. Uh, and uh, we've seen a lot of uh, examples uh, that um, show that this approach uh, is not sustainable. Uh, the most recent example is uh, that uh, multi-chain network as far as I remember which uh, uh, turned out to be basically a, a few servers uh, run run by uh, a single party so the founder was arrested and basically all the network uh, 
uh, all the network uh, was halted. So yeah, uh, we were uh, working hard on the uh, decentralized protocol that uh, scales on uh, the number of participants, like uh, thousands of participants and uh, those participants uh, always constantly rotated. Uh, it uh, tolerates uh, network churn, so new participants come and uh, go. And that's that's the main challenge. Uh, first of all, we uh, made a scalable um, scalable signature aggregation protocol on top of uh, Schnorr signatures, uh, combined it with um, tree-based uh, uh, aggregation protocol called Handle. Uh, and uh, what we got is uh, a solution that scales in large uh, committees. That's basically what we need. Uh, so yeah, uh, a lot of work has been done, uh, but still uh, we've made a core of protocol, uh, but we also need features now. We need a programmability layer. Uh, so we need smart contracts. We need uh, to implement, um, as I call it, uh, the default mode of the protocol, uh, which uh, will secure the protocol on the early stages because we, it's a post system, uh, proof of stake system, and um, it should be bootstrapped in a secure way. So we have a uh, we have to design a special mode uh, of operation of protocol to help uh, bootstrap uh, spectrum network in mainnet. Uh, also, the protocol is quite complex, so it requires uh, a lot of testing. Uh, we need a lot of uh, servers, uh, a lot of machines to. Uh, make um, sufficiently large uh, test network to check all its properties, all properties of the protocol, at least a few hundreds of uh, independent nodes uh, are needed. Uh, and also security audit because uh, the protocol involves a lot of cryptography uh, and we need uh, to audit it uh, at least in uh, most critical places like uh, cryptography, implementation, uh, consensus critical parts, etc. And that's what uh, our current three proposals are targeted to. Uh, so basically one proposal, uh, the main one is targeted uh, to um, smart contracts uh, to default mode of the protocol. And uh, the other two uh, are targeted uh, to testing and uh, security audit. Yep, that's basically it about uh, Spectrum proposals. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I think one thing that you guys do is... Uh, had that percentage scale of uh, finishing something up and um, you had that scale for the Spectrum decks. Um, where would you place the Spectrum network? Like what percentage is it finished? Or like um, where are we right now? 
yes, Spectrum, uh, speaking about uh, proof of stake consensus, uh, basically, um, Spectrum protocol is based on, um, it's heavily based on uh, Ouroboros Prowse uh, and uh, combined with the improvements from Ouroboros Chronos to support um, logical clock synchronization in a decentralized uh, and Byzantine context, basically. Um, so, yep. It will allow to operate in uh, conditions where some validators may uh, be faulty, may quit uh, the network, uh, um, may not have uh, access to some uh, vital resources uh, to serve the network. And all of that, uh, the protocols should uh, tolerate. Um, that's how we uh, design it. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, definitely that makes sense. Um, I was also checking about like uh, what, like if you do get this funding, like by what, when will the Spectrum network be live? If you have any roadmap for that. Oh, yeah, I see. Uh, so it mainly depends on uh, the results of tests because uh, the process involves a lot of research. Uh, so we basically find some solution and uh, implement it uh, and see how it performs uh, in uh, the whole system. But uh, we definitely composed uh, a roadmap for that and uh, we estimated uh, the main launch, the main launch uh, uh, in a year. So from the time we got funding, uh, it will take uh, at most a year to test it properly, to uh, evaluate uh, security audit, uh, and implement all the necessary features to launch uh, first version of the mainnet. Got it. And the first version will uh, link Cardano to Ergo and may maybe other blockchains as well. I think EVM blockchains also. Cardano, Ergo, and uh, one EVM chain, most likely Ethereum. Yeah, yeah that's great. I think uh, we can also call in some speakers if anyone wants to get up here and have, has any questions for regarding this proposal. They can come up and let's just have a conversation about this. Yeah, I'll just keep the speaker slots open. Um, okay, um, I think... Um, I don't have a lot of questions on the Spectrum Network because I think we discussed this last time as well um, when we had a space with you guys. And um, so, yeah, if there are any other details. Okay, I think we have someone. Let's just add and see if someone has questions about the Spectrum Network. Do <clears throat> you want me to go over and give you an overview about the Zingate proposals while you're waiting for the... I think I... Listeners to come up or? Yeah, just let's, uh, I th just added someone. Let's just hear them out. Um, Blake Starkey, if you have any question, then go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to ask on, on the Rosen nodes, is there any thoughts to incentivizing users to run those nodes or is that possible? Thank you. You mean incentivizing uh, Rosen nodes uh, through Spectrum network in some way? 
Yes, that's correct. You mentioned that you needed or Rosen needed a lot of nodes for security. And I'm wondering if if users uh, outside, um, such as myself, would be able to run those nodes on the network. And if it's possible to, uh, let's say, incentivize people to to run those nodes or, or is that or am I not understanding the uh, the idea behind those nodes? Mm-hmm. So to make it clear, uh, I should say that um, Spectrum uh, doesn't uh, rely on Rosen in any way. Uh, it's uh, purely uh, it's purely a um, an independent network, uh, so to say. Uh, so speaking about Rosen, uh, incentivizations of uh, Rosen. Uh, operators uh, is uh, I, I embedded into uh, Rosen protocol and in Rosen tokenomics. Uh, it will have uh, a token and uh, I'm sure it will incentivize all actors uh, which are involved into uh, serving the network. That's how all uh, good uh, decentralized protocols work. Uh, and by the way, that's how even uh, Spectrum IMM works. Uh, it has uh, three different types of parties that uh, cooperate in the network. Uh, it's uh, um, off-chain butcher uh, operators, it's uh, traders, and it's liquidity providers. And all of uh, those parties are incentivized to uh, play uh, their lo- roles in the protocol. And uh, that's also how Rosenbridge is designed. Uh, and uh, it's open protocol. Uh, I'm, uh, frankly speaking, I'm also really looking forward to spin up uh, Rosen node when it's uh, mainnet, uh, when the Rosen is a mainnet. Uh, so I'm waiting for, uh, really waiting for it. Yeah. And if you can just talk about Spectrum nodes as well, I think you have a layer two with uh, a nodes um, like decentralized network so yeah, yeah sure yeah. what what we're basically currently working on is uh, uh, we've been working on specification of the protocol uh, and in parallel we're working on the reference implementation of that protocol and basically we are building spectrum node uh, which is an open source software which uh, everybody can run uh, register as a validator, register a stake pool, uh, just uh, very much like in Cardano. So you spin up Cardano node, register uh, your uh, keys, and uh, you can basically take part in uh, decentralized lottery to be elected as a leader in some uh, in some slot. Uh, it's uh, it works like this in Spectrum as well. It's uh, structures uh, it's structured uh, a little bit different because of the cross chain nature of uh, Spectrum. It has sharded committees. Each committee is uh, dedicated to each uh, layer one uh, network which uh, Spectrum supports. So one committee for Cardano, one committee for Ergo, one committee for Eth, etc. And uh, the global blockchain where all those committee commit uh, in the end. So all of uh, those uh, events coming from different sources, different uh, networks, uh, they basically synchronized in main spectrum uh, blockchain. 
and uh, that's where all the ex execution of uh, programmable transactions happen. So we can build here any cross-chain native application, cross-chain DEX, which aggregate liquidity from different networks. Basically a stack for natively cross-chain uh, applications, not only decentralized finance, but anything. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely interesting. And I think um, I was looking at the tokenomics for your tokens, and I think there's around 50% of the tokens are available for validators on Spectrum Network. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, so I think that should answer your question, Blake. Um, let me know if you have any questions. No, that's great. I appreciate it. it. It definitely answered my question and really looking forward to the, the technology that's coming. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I think we have someone from the Orgo Foundation, um, Armanio. Um, let me know if that was not the correct pronunciation. But yeah, if you have any questions for Spectrum, we were discussing the Spectrum network and cross-chain um, like interoperability between Orgo and Cardano and other networks. So if you have any questions, then let us know. Oh, I would be curious to see um, whether SPAC Spectrum could work as an unwrapping mechanism for Rosen in the future. Ilya, are you going to take that? Uh, yep, so the question uh, was... Uh, can Spectrum Network help to unwrap? Uh, yeah, whenever whenever you have wrapped assets, you want users to have the best assumption. Uh, so that ends up looking like self-custody um, on the native chain. Mm -hmm. And so with Rosen, it's good to have partners that have the ability uh, for users to easily unwrap wrapped assets and bring them home, so to speak. Yep, uh, that's uh, definitely will be possible with Spectrum because uh, you can deposit uh, any token on one chain and uh, unlock uh, native token on another chain. So basically you have wrapped uh, ADA on Ergo, uh, you deposit it into uh, Spectrum network and uh, you can unlock native ADA on Cardano should look like this. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Um, I think we can move from this uh, proposal. Um, Zengit, which one do you want to discuss? Uh, do you want to discuss one with the Spectrum Network, like the one you have in collaboration with them, or uh, one of your own proposals? So feel free to pick the one you want to discuss. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what I was thinking is um, maybe I'll give a, a brief overview of all the proposals that we have. And that way, since we're in the same space with Rosen and Spectrum, we can touch a little bit more on the SPO one. Uh, but we're more than happy to give any information and answer any questions uh, for all for all the proposals. So um, essentially, Zengate has three proposals that we've uh, submitted for uh, Fun 10 Project Catalyst. Um, 
I will discuss the SPO one that it's uh, the joint uh, proposal that we have at the very end. So um, I will start with the other two that we have. The first one, um, it's called uh, Winter Protocol, and it's an open source traceability and real world asset tokenization protocol. Um, again, a brief overview on this is um, you know, we're, we're planning on, on creating a simple open source turnkey solution uh, for all the Cardano developers that would like to, um, you know, use uh, the traceability and tokenization technology. Um, right now, we don't have anything like that on the Cardano ecosystem. And um, especially lately in the, in the last months, we've seen many governments or, um, you know, um, states asking and requesting for businesses to comply with with traceability rules like FTA um, uh, in the United States or the um, the EU uh, compliance as well. So um, we really believe that this will be uh, something really, really good for all the projects uh, that would like to utilize it. Um, and again, it's it's going to be an open source uh, protocol. With that being said, right now, Palmyra, the commodities exchange platform that uh, that we're about to launch in the next months, um, this is what the heart of our of the um, of the platform is is the winter protocol. But it's on the ergo side, um, and this is why we put the proposal in because we would like to see this protocol, uh, the traceability protocol, on the Cardano side as well make it open source, and that way we can see many more projects uh, taking that route and making sure that they're using all the technology that we can have in the ecosystem. So that's that's in a nutshell, um, the winter protocol. And I know Sam, um, our co-founder, will be able to chime in if, if I missed anything. Um, the second proposal that we have, uh, it has to do with um, with the uh, under the Atala Prism challenge, and that is um, to build uh, new ecosystems and large scale um, deployment blueprints. So what we want to do, well, as you all know, Daniel is our CEO and co-founder, and you know he's he's been he has many many years of experience going around and 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 talking and and onboarding businesses and 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 countries uh, on Cardano. And we thought that, you know, this, this amazing experience and skills that he has, um, we thought that it would be very, very important and valuable to the Cardano community if we were actually going to create an open source, a playbook for anybody that would like to, you know, see how things are done. Um, you, could, you could take that and, and, you know, any project could take it and, and go start onboarding um, businesses, large businesses, and um, nation states on Cardano. You don't have to be IOG or, I don't know, World Mobile or Zengate. Anybody can do this. Um, we really believe that as soon as, you know, we have the right documentation and the right playbook out there, everybody could take this and we could actually start seeing um, real mass adoption in a way larger scale that we've seen it without having to wait somebody else to do that for us. Um, and then I'm, we're going on the third proposal, which is um, it has uh, it's in a joint um, 
proposal with the Spectrum Finance team and the Rosenbridge team. And that's, uh, it has to do with a new uh, SPO revenue stream that we're talking here. And what we want to do is we want to create a toolkit for all the SPOs. It's not for a limited amount of SPOs. It's not for just friends or, you know, people that we know. It's for every single person that would like to, to use this. Um, and this toolkit will pretty much will be able to um, take this and validate, be, become, a, become a watcher uh, on the Rosenbridge and validate the transactions. That way you secure the bridge and at the same time you gain an extra revenue for yourself or for your delegators. Um, this is again a high, a high level overview of the proposals. Um, if anybody has more questions, by any means, feel free to ask. Um, Sam, I'm not sure if there's anything else you would like to add on this this overview, um, if you want to chime in on this. Yeah, I think the main main thing just to highlight, um, Chef, no, it was very concise, but the main thing to highlight is um, it's not these are not three independent proposals. They all sort of fit together um, and sort of interconnect with each other. So this whole idea and sort of theme that we have around real-world asset tokenization, uh, the role of collaborating across different ecosystems, whether that be Ergo and Cardano, um, but also other ecosystems in the future, um, is, is, a, is a really big theme, I think, that we're sort of um, looking to sort of um, build on top of. So they're sort of all interconnected, um, and, and I think, you know, all, all together... Um, we can sort of really help build this blueprint out, not just around ecosystem building, but around mass adoption for Cardano and making sure we're utilizing the best technology um, where possible. So I think that's the main bit um, from our side. But yeah, super excited to answer some questions. Yeah, thank you for that uh, description. I'll just uh, go one by one because uh, I have questions about all of them. Um, starting with the first one, we talked about real-world tokenization and real-world uh, traceability. Um, so what are some use cases that you can think of uh, or you think that are missing today um, and that can be done um, using this tokenization or traceability tech? Yeah, I might just touch on that quickly. So... The, the Zengate team's been working quite proactively in the global tea sector. Um, so it's a $50 billion market, and we've signed MOUs in the Sri Lankan uh, tea industry. Um, and so tea is the largest export for Sri Lanka. We're um, you know, spending time with uh, ministers there, um, MOU with the Tea Factory Owners Association, and also working closely with the Ceylon Artisanal Tea Association. So um, through them, we're onboarding them onto Palmyra, um, and we're effectively tokenizing tea um, and in the process also tracing it as well. So that, that you know, commodities is a really big use case. And you, you may ask, you know, why would you want to trace stuff? Um, and there's sort of two key themes that really emerge off the back of this. So consumers are now asking more and more around, you know, the traceability of the products they consume. So whether that's from a social governance point of view around making sure that there aren't, you know, six-year-olds in sweatshops uh, on or in tea gardens, um, or if it's you know sustainably sourced products, um, people want to know, and they're actually willing to pay a premium for this stuff. There's actually you know quite a lot of research around this, 
And we think that by empowering small, you know, smallholder producers and businesses, especially early on in the value chain, they eventually walk away with more of that profit share um, that gets generated from capturing this data. So there's value in the data that gets captured. And we believe that blockchain and sort of putting it on chain is the way to go. It's immutable. It can't be changed. Um, and everyone can see it. So that, that's from the retail point of view. The other side that uh, Chef actually touched on a bit was from a regulatory point of view. So more and more governments and agencies in these uh, you know, larger jurisdictions are um, starting to mandate traceability compliance. And, and you may ask, why would you want to do that? Okay, so the FDA care about uh, you know, food safety. They want to actually know at which point did something break down in the supply chain which caused certain things to go wrong. People got sick, for example. So it's really important for lots of commodities that you can actually trace where these vulnerabilities are and address them you know, straight away in real time as well. So that's one example. The other examples that Chef mentioned were um, more and more agencies in the European Union are starting to mandate some of these things as well. So deforestation is a really big thing that they, they care about. They want to ensure that all imports coming into the EU, um, into the EU block, are compliant with these things as well. And if the, if the governments are starting to regulate it, the big companies are in a good, good position to be able to, you know, buy, integrate enterprise-grade technology. But it's the small producers, it's the people further down the value chain at the very start who are sort of left out of this as well. So we're building tools to onboard these people I'm well ahead of time. So we know this stuff is coming in the next two, three years, and we're starting today, and they're all quite excited about it that we're starting today because in three years' time, they're going to get a knock on the door saying, hey, why isn't this tea traced? And they'll be able to say, no, we've been doing it for the last couple of years. It improves quality assurance, it improves profit margins, and it just um, empowers these people that we're working with. So commodities traceability is one thing. It goes more and more beyond that. We've had lots of conversations with people from the aerospace industry who want this stuff, pharmaceuticals, um, the, the use cases around traceability and asset tokenization are sort of endless at this point. So um, lots of sort of reports out there which talk about the opportunity for real-world asset tokenization, for real-world asset traceability. You know, the Zengate team, uh, as, as hardworking as we are, we can only you know, concentrate our time on sort of certain things. We want to actually build tools that people can use. Cardano is a huge network. It's got a huge community. It's got, you know, extremely talented development project teams. You know, why, why not empower them to be able to onboard more and more users? So that's really our approach. And um, we hope that the, the community picks these tools up and so sort of puts the work. Yeah, definitely. That's a great idea, I think. It's a very um, easy to understand as well for me that um, I want to know where my coffee is coming from. I want to know where my tea is coming from. So it definitely makes sense. And um, props to you for making it open source and as a tool for everyone. Um, yeah, I think there's someone who has a question. I've added them. So if you have any questions for Zengit, please feel free to ask them. And if anybody else from, from the audience wants to come up and talk... Um, has any question, they can also join. Yes, go ahead, um, DSIX. Hi, thanks for letting me up. Um, my name is Robert Doyle. Sam knows me. I uh, see there's not too many other people here that I 
that I follow. Um, just a little quick introduction about me, and then I'll get straight into it. I'm an assemblyman candidate for uh, the state of New Jersey for Legislative District 37, and some of the things that you said earlier was uh, really interest really interested me as far as like um, a little bit of onboarding <clears throat> that you mentioned. Um, I am running a I am running a super PAC. Uh, a hybrid pack. My, the name of my pack is called the U.S. Federal Blockchain Pack. So uh, this is something that I've had, uh, you know, in works for a while. Just kind of, just kind of finished it up, and um, you know, I'm going to be talking to um, using, you know, my my network and my resources to uh, reach out to, um, you know, legislative people, uh, federal level, on the Congress level, congressional level in the coming year. And I'm going to be active in, you know, um, attaining people inside my pack active that are going to be favorable to, uh, you know, uh, stuff that stuff that we like, <laughs> you know, stuff that's good for us. And and that uh, and, and that's not going to hinder our uh, the innovations going on here. Um, and I would like to see if we could uh, open up a lot of community, like, you know, talk more later um, about. Uh, some of the things that you said that I'm pretty sure you're putting together that's valuable, um, you know, in, 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 in the ways of, uh, in the ways of what I'm going and, um, you know, I was listening to the, what, what Sam was just saying about, uh, um, Zengate. Actually, I'm walking to the market right now and I, I chose the Zengate bag to, to take with me. So, um, uh, big ups, big ups. And, um, you know, I really love what, what you guys are saying and you're, you're right about, uh, you know, um, the things you're saying about how people are, you know, looking for more traceability, that's, that's really important. And there's all different kinds of ratings for that too. Just in, just in case people, uh, other people don't know, what is it like some, the higher level of, uh, certified organics and stuff like that are definitely cool. Fair trade organics and higher level than that. That's all. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Um, I think my DMs should be open. If not, I'll, I'll message you directly. All right, Sam. Spectrum too. Spectrum seemed to drop some some things about uh, regulations and and things like that. Uh, there, you know, eventually those <laughs> hairs and coins are going to have to be split. So, um, you know, uh, I think that uh, um, you know those bridges will are are, are going to be crossed at and at some point in time, and it's better to be trying to be more prepared it's just as much prepared as i can for everybody for you know functioning on this like uh, national level that i'm also have a catalyst 10 proposal in for um yes yeah, sam so thanks and thank you host yeah great to have you um okay uh, i think we moved from that and i think we can now um go to i think the joint proposal that you guys have uh, regarding the additional revenue streams for SPOs. Um, so regarding that, I want to understand like how are they making more money and why would it just be SPOs and not anybody? Um, so yeah, I'm interested in knowing that. I think anybody can take that, Sam or that. For sure, I, I I can I can start um, 
um, and, and, and give my thoughts around it. And I'm pretty sure at some point, uh, even Joe could jump on and, and give his two cents if, if there's anything that I've missed. Um, so just giving a little bit of a background, which I'm pretty sure the SPOs will, will definitely get it, but, but obviously the rest of the community might not really um, understand on, on, or, or actually see these kind of things. Um, so I'm just going to spend like a minute or so uh, just to give that that point of view, and then and then I'm pretty sure everybody will be able to to understand a little bit more. Um, so uh, be, behind this account, uh, it's it's uh, it's Theodore, and I'm running the Chef Pool um, for the last almost two years now. Um, as an SPO myself, as soon as I started uh, my stake pool. And, and got introduced into uh, the ecosystem as an SPO, I <laughs> very quickly figured out that it's, it's not just, you know, oh, I spin up my pool and um, everything else just happens by itself. Um, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's something quite challenging for, for, for many, many people, but you'll have to start marketing your pool. You'll have to be very, very loud. And, and, you know, from the one hand, you have to be, you have to have some, you know, high level skills to set up your pool. And at the same time, you will need to have a really high level of, of marketing skills and, and promoting yourself, creating a brand around your stake pool uh, and everything else. So, We've seen many, many pools that and 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 friends, SPO friends that they 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 started their pools and you know a year later or even two years later they just have to um, take that decision and retire their pool and the reason why is because they couldn't find enough delegators to stake to their pool that way they couldn't produce any blocks they couldn't make any revenue they couldn't pay their bills it's it's unfortunately simple as that so as soon as i joined the zenge team um almost almost a year now um we've we've had some conversations around um, the rosenbridge and we've started talking about the two-layer validation um um protocol that that they have and what we came up to um to realize is that the infrastructure that will be needed for for this um, two-layer um, validation is something that the SPOs are already running. So it was a no-brainer for us to think and start going down that path and start thinking of how can we create a tool that all the SPOs could utilize and A, get a new revenue stream for themselves and their delegators if they choose to um, and and at the same time b make sure that the rosenbridge is 100 percent secure um, as as you all understand in able to be able to validate the transactions and whatnot you need to have a 24 7 operation and there's no better match for spos uh, to do that so having having address the problem which is you know we need to make sure that all the spos are are can sustain themselves their quote-unquote businesses i don't really like using that word but at the same time if you really think about it when you put you know an investment 
and you know you're you're kind of expecting to get some return at some point at some point so i'm not really like i don't really like using the the word business uh or the word customers um but but in you know if you take a, a lot of steps back this is this is how the model is um so in a sense, our proposal is giving a new revenue stream to all the SPOs. Um, and later down the road, that's one of the conversations that we've had with, with the Rosenbridge team and Spectrum team, is that later down the road, we're most likely going to be able to actually get everybody to use that kit as long as they have that infrastructure. So that will be something that will be coming in the future. Uh, but for now, let's focus on the SPOs. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're planning on creating uh, a toolkit that all the SPOs will be able to use. That way they can validate, secure the Rosenbridge, at the same time, have a new revenue stream. And if they, if they choose to, they can share that with their delegators. If they, if they don't wanna do that, they can keep it for themselves. So that's, that's in a nutshell. Um, the, the thought process behind the SPO proposal, I'm pretty sure Joe, Sam, or, or Ilya would like to add more things to that. Yeah, I would say that um, it's important to understand, number one, that everything is open source and there's a incentive for competition, right? So anybody um, can be a watcher in the Rosen network. Um, it is true that when you're talking about system service operations, you need good uptime, right? You need uh, people that are online all the time, and SPOs naturally have to do that if they're going to run a pool successfully. Um, but it's important to recognize that it's not limited to that user set. Uh, we're working with them initially because, well, they're online all the time, and there's uh, certainly some uh, improvements in terms of the user experience on their side and feedback that would help us grow as a uh, project to where, you know, if we can refine that and make it easy for uh, people to, you know, validate transactions, it's good for the bridges at scales. Yep, I can even add that uh, there is a life example of uh, the thesis that uh, Armiano just mentioned uh, and we've seen uh, how open source um, off-chain butchers uh, evolve with time, how they are developed uh, by um, off-chain operators. We've seen in Ergo Network that um, uh, first we released uh, our own implementation of on-chain butchers. It's completely open sourced and we gave it to anyone who was willing to serve the network and uh, earn batching fees but uh, we saw that in some time uh, some individuals uh, improved uh, the implementation of off-chain batchers and made it uh, made them even uh, faster uh, so network only benefited from it uh, so competition really, really pushed uh, um, the implementation of batches to its limits so yeah Yeah, I expect to see a similar effect uh, with uh, Rosen and uh, other um, micro ecosystems. Uh, I would say that uh, uh, provide 
uh, a field for competition. Definitely. Um, and so the funding that you're asking, some of it will be going towards the marketing and some will be going towards uh, um, incentivizing the SPOs to start validating. Is that correct? Um, like how are you using the funds? Sorry, um, that you're requesting. I cannot, I might touch on this one on my side. So yeah, the fund, we've requested a fair amount of funds. And basically, um, there's a few different categories in which it gets split up. So the first is actual development itself. Um, so there's infrastructure that needs to be developed by the Rosenbridge team. So you've got Joe, you know, Armenia on the call right now. Um, he's working closely with the lead developer, uh, Mohammed, MHS Sam, as he goes on Twitter. And the Rosen team is supported by, you know, quite a large team of developers, back-end and front-end uh, engineers, UX designers. And basically, like we, like we sort of outlined in the proposal, there needs to be really simple tooling available for SPOs to just, you know, you know sign up effectively and start validating as, as easy as possible. So there's some work to be done there. Um, the other bit that needs to be done is what we're going to be doing is we're going to create a working group of just a small group of SPOs to start with that we can start communicating with. Um, and there'll be an open dialogue that takes place around understanding rewards, understanding incentives um, to best align on that around the sort of fee distribution strategy, tokenomics, um, and also even just like design requirements, you know, around things like onboarding and whatnot. So there's a fair bit of work that needs to be done there. There's some, you know, lessons and sort of learnings and takeaways off the back of those working groups that get directly fed back into the development sort of process as well. So those are, those are sort of the two uh, initial phases, um, which will take, you know, the bulk of the time. And the final phase that we'll be spending a fair bit of time on is onboarding. And onboarding comes in a few different flavors. The first is really trying to get as many SPOs, um, you know, uh, understanding this stuff. There's some education-related uh, material that needs to be produced um, and then some form of bootstrapping as well to just sort of get people using the system. So, you know, that's going to include SPOs. There'll be some projects starting to get more involved um, and sort of increasing that demand and sort of usage of the bridge. So, you know, all, all of this will happen organically um, and we've already been getting quite a lot of interest we get messages from SPOs to our accounts. Um, I think Chef is actually in the process of creating a sign-up sheet, which we'll be sharing soon um, for those that are interested. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, we're, we're providing quite a unique value proposition for SPOs that don't exist beyond staking-related rewards and ISPOs. So um, we're quite excited. And uh, yeah, those are, those are the ways the funds are going to get spent. Got that. Uh, <clears throat> so just understanding here, the SPOs just have to run a node on your network um, on the Rosen network. Um, is that correct? Or do you have to do an other thing as well, like staking or something? I might let Joe take this one. Sure. So um, you, it's important to recognize that Rosen is going to have multiple instances, right? And so what a watcher is going to do is they're going to watch a certain network, um, you know, whether that's Cardano, whether it's Ergo in the future, it could be Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, 
And what they're doing is they they have an incentive to independently audit transactions, right? And so you'll have a group of actors that are scanning uh, a chain. Now, of course, they can uh, run watcher infrastructures across multiple chains if they want to. And once there's a certain consensus about a transaction, so let's say you have 20 people in here that are all running software that's scanning the Cardano blockchain, and they're looking for transactions that are uh, leaving the Cardano blockchain, right? And so they post that on chain on Ergo, and it will kind of tick up as you've may have seen on like a central exchange when you do a deposit, they'll say, okay, you have to uh, clear, you know, X number of blocks before it's considered settled and shows up in your wallet. Uh, in Rosen, it has to do more with the, not only the um, like perceived settlement time for each chain, which is different, like a certain number of transactions before uh, funds are considered like uh, securely transferred. Um, but it's also independent validation. So it needs to break that threshold of whatever the assumption is for settlement on each chain and then be validated by X number of parties. At that point, uh, it creates like a verification event that moves it to the second layer and the transaction is rechecked and settled. And an important part of that is you have like distributed auditing built in that's incentivized and it's actually um, incentivized by the bridge fee itself. So the rewards that watchers will get um, will be in uh, the token that's being bridged. So you could potentially earn a revenue in ADA or um, other popular tokens on the Cardano blockchain. Um, but it's important to recognize that it is like a composable framework to where the same thing is going to be happening in parallel in the future across multiple chains, but watchers will run dedicated infrastructure for one chain or each chain that they want to watch. So it's not as singular as you run a watcher and you watch everything, right? And one nice thing about that is it opens up room for, uh, let's say you add a new chain that uh, some SPOs may be involved with or think is uh, kind of a, I don't know, neat idea. Uh, they have the ability to, in the future, bootstrap, you know, perhaps smaller chains, other chains, and uh, create diverse revenue flows if they wish. Yeah. Um, thank you for that answer. I think I understood better. Um, cool. I'll just call if someone has some questions. I think um, we can have a few folks anybody wants to request can just go ahead and request um okay till then if anybody wants to discuss something else they can i'll just think about some questions if i have any can i can i ask like a kind of like a small question to arminio sure. sure go for it so Joe, since since you just uh, covered the fact that uh, there's going to be you know different tokens uh, depending on the on the chain that you'll be validating and whatnot. Um, so it, it was just, it just came in my head um, just now. So wouldn't that be, so, you know, essentially ha what happens is 
in the Cardano community, we've seen that in the past couple of years, is that when there's a new uh, ISPO, there's sometimes that the projects will actually work with other SPOs and whatnot. And I'm just bringing as an example now because well, I'm a part of this um, for, for, for Hosky, for example. So if if you stake with one of the, um, I don't know, 20, 20 Hosky pools, you'll be getting some Hosky tokens on top of your ADA rewards. So taking this into the Rosenbridge uh, proposal now that we have, if if an SPO was validating and I'm just throwing random stuff now. Um, let's say Chefpool um, is validating for Rosen with, let's say, Ethereum, um, Bitcoin, and Ergo. And, and I'm just, again, theoretically speaking now, uh, I'm taking rewards because I'm doing that. And these rewards, am I going to be able to funnel that to my delegators as extra rewards? So that's a question that I have. And if that's a yes, that means that every SPO would essentially be in an ISPO all the time. So that brings, you know, big incentives for all the delegators to go and delegate to their pool. Is that is that something correct, like the way that I have it in my head right now, Joe? Well, I, I would preface my answer by saying that you're stake pool everybody's stake pool is their business right so uh, rosen won't have any requirements in terms of how you distribute rewards how you use rewards uh, that should be based on your own you know economic assumptions and incentives that you want to create you could you could use profit distribution for your pool um you know if you had a project you could potentially uh, take those fees and build liquidity um you know pools and pairs across uh, let's say, you know, on Cardano, if you wanted to put like, uh, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum assets and pair them against like Hosky, I guess you could. Uh, but it's important to recognize here that um, in terms of your pool, that's your business, right? And so we're not going to have any like set standard of how somebody needs to use them. Some stake pool operators may want to keep it in their pocket. They're running the infrastructure. Some may want to use it as like, uh, some incentive to attract stake. Some people I could see in theory would want to build market depth and liquidity for something. They could do that. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of where each uh, watcher's creativity comes into play. Yeah, go ahead, Blake. Could you speak a little bit to the watchers and the security behind the watchers and and how they're not a, how a group of watchers can't take over consensus or or, or for like a, a let's say a bitcoin you, you talked about bitcoin and, and watching that network it, it, what's the security behind a large group of uh, watchers not coming together and, and, and having a false transaction. Sure. Um, so Rosen in simple terms is uh, built on this idea of distributed redundancy and order of operations. Okay. So if somebody wants to look at like the point of failure in the uh, Rosen network, uh, it would be the distribution of guards. Right. And so what the watchers do is they run the first operation kind of in the order of flow of this bridge 
and they create distributed consensus. Now, they will have something at stake in order to post to uh, the Ergo blockchain, right? It, and we do have slashing mechanisms. So if somebody wants to try to run multiple uh, watchers in parallel and kind of try to, let's say, break Sybil resistance of that, uh, what they're doing is they're setting themselves up to get slashed for every watcher that they're running. Um, now, on the guard side, if a guard acts before uh, that distributed consensus has occurred, they've broken order of operations. They're subject to slashing in that point. Um, so you could say, in theory, if you had a malicious guard, it doesn't necessarily make much sense because it has to be independently uh, audited again by the guard set. So in, in terms of like trying to fake a transaction, in theory, you could fake a validation event, but then you have another layer of actors that are running another redundant audit on that. Um, you know, if you look at a lot of bridges, you get indirect verifications, you get proofs of something happening versus like direct, uh, let's say, auditing um, you know, Rosen's redundancy hopefully will solve that. I don't think it much makes much sense to try to attack the watcher set because you'd just be subject to slashing. Um, you know, if you wanted to break the assumption of it, you would need to break the guard set. And our goal is to have that as distributed as possible. You know, um, you can look at something like, uh, I don't know, Chainlink is a good example. You know, they secure in the billions at this point in DeFi. And their breaking assumption is basically a four of nine multi-sig, right? Uh, with Rosen, we'd like to build that up at least to a threshold of 20 independent validators, which would be much more difficult to break. And, um, you know, if we're also going to be practicing some um, tactics that exchanges use it, where you have your hot, your cold wallet. And so sometimes transactions on the bridge might be a little bit slower if funds from the cold wallet need to move to the hot wallet to then be released, but it's for security. Um, when you're looking at a bridge, there's a, there's multiple ways to potentially do that. You know, you have like the atomic swap path, but then you need uh, matching elliptical curves and there's a lot of complexity there. Uh, you can do kind of the DeFi swapping type bridge. Um, you know, there, that, has held pretty well in terms of assumptions. The difficulty is when you have uh, those types of network, it's really hard to actually know what the real distribution looks like. You could be moving into an ecosystem where, you know, they say, oh, look at all these nodes. And then at the end of the day, it's one person, right? Uh, it's hard to, hard to know. Um, you know, with Rosen, we created this framework because the... Um, Attack vector doesn't scale with the bridge, right? And when you get into smart contract bridges, every time you enter a new environment, you have new logic that needs to be audited, verified. And so your attack vector kind of grows as the bridge grows, and that's very hard to stay in front of. And that, in my opinion, that's probably why we've seen so many bridges fail, because the complexity of the attack surface uh, just takes off as the bridge does. Thank you very much. That's a great, great analysis and great explanation. I appreciate that. 
Yeah, no problem. I think it's important for users to recognize right now the most common way that people quote unquote bridge tokens is just through exchanges, right? You'll send whatever token you have to, you know, Binance or KuCoin or, you know, Coinbase, whatever your exchange of choice is. And usually that's how most people swap. And and the truth is in those environments, oof, assumptions are unknown, right? Uh, so users usually have to give their personal data and they have to move into an environment where they really have no idea the security complexity that they're inheriting and working with. Um, so with Rosen, uh, I would say in terms of cross-chain exchanges, that might be a more accurate way to approach it, where it's like, okay, what you're inheriting from the user side is it's KYC-free, right? You're not giving away your data, and you're also moving into an environment that's independently audited redundantly that you can see on a chain. Um, so you have some idea what the uh, security practices and assumptions would be. Now, from the project side, you know, I can say for Ergo to get listed across um, tier one exchanges, which, you know, it, people do that. Why? For liquidity. Uh, you know, it, it's accessing new markets, essentially, which uh, bridging kind of does in parallel. That would cost us about $10 million. Now, if you're a project on Cardano, um, okay, your fees will be less because the reality is it's uh, not that difficult to add native assets once you've already uh, running core infrastructure. But I would still say you're looking at probably two to $3 million. And so fr from the project perspective, <clears throat> that's an incredible cost up front. Um, plus you're putting you know, a large amount of your assets uh, into an unknown environment. And, you know, we've seen that fail. I'm sure that with like FTX, there were a ton of projects that were, you know, managing a lot of their market liquidity in that environment and probably paid, uh, I don't know, more than they should have to list in that environment. And, you know, they tried to take a path of growth to reach uh, external markets. And in the end, you know, it didn't work out so well. So our hope is that we can lower the cost barrier for projects to where if you're building something, um, you have the ability to access uh, liquidity across multiple blockchains instead of just uh, in, you know, a central exchange somewhere where you really don't know what you're inheriting. Yeah, go ahead. That kind of leads into a question. I don't want to get off topic, um, so pause me if you if you if you feel I am. But that leads into a, a liquidity question that I that I do have, which involves, you know, I've I've been adding quite a bit of liquidity on uh, Spectrum, both Ergo and Cardano, and. Um, I've got liquidity tokens in my wallet, which I feel safe as of now. Uh, but as that number continues to grow, is there any thoughts or ideas around guarding those tokens? Um, it, you know, multi-sig comes to mind. I don't exactly understand how that works, but just guarding those tokens 
as that value continues to grow in in that liquidity and I add more so that if a wallet hack were to happen, um, there's some way to safeguard value as it grows. If does that if that makes any sense at all? Are you talking? Are you talking from your side of the user? That's correct. Because my my side is user. I open up my Nami wallet and I I say, wow, I've I've got X amount of U.S. dollars added as the liquidity into into the ADA. AGIX uh, pool, and I have these liquidity tokens. My assumption is if somebody was to hack into my wallet or get my wallet, those tokens would be lost and they'd be theirs. It is there any way to guard that, guard those those liquidity tokens? Sure. So you know, from the user side, there's some benefit of using multi-sig, and that's essentially where you would need to sign from multiple devices in order to spend, right? Uh, there's also benefit to having kind of hot and cold assets where uh, something is online and, you know, something is offline and accessible. And so, you know, it's, it's more difficult to break that. Now, when you're talking about working with a smart contract, any smart contract, you also have to know that in that environment, you're inheriting the uh, security risks and assumptions of that smart contract. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, that can be an issue for people where they will, you know, put their funds in the custody of a contract or a pool. And, you know, depending on how the code is, uh, there's an issue. Now, on my side, I would say the best way that we can uh, mitigate that long term is to have strong open source frameworks that uh, kind of create standards that then projects can use. And you create this idea of like, collective security because you have multiple projects that are vested in having um, basically strong assumptions in the contracts that they build collectively. That's not popular in the crypto space. You know, uh, there's a certain competition that occurs where, you know, who wants to be first, who wants to be fastest. And then you get, you know, proprietary stuff on top of it. I would say net net, that's probably a negative uh, for me personally if a wallet is an open source or if a smart contract is an open source, I simply don't use it. That's very unpopular to say, but uh, I do that because I, have, I like the idea of known assumptions. All right. Um, do we have anyone else who has any questions? Cool. I think uh, most of my questions were also answered. So if there are any closing notes uh, from um, your side, okay, one, wait. Blake has a question. Go ahead. If we even have Psychomap, if you want to come up, then let me know. I just have one more question. Sorry for all the questions here. Uh, another thought that I have is managing liquidity within the within Spectrum or any decks for that matter. Again, as I told you, you know, I've been adding more and more liquidity into both Ergo and Cardano's uh, side. And um, it, from the standpoint of managing that liquidity and and seeing the 
you know, the returns. So there, there's a point, I think it's zero three transaction fee on providing liquidity. Is there any thoughts to having more graphs, more charts, more, more, just more information about the liquidity that, that I've provided in that pool and what sort of returns I'm making and to see more, more graphing, more charts, more numbers, uh, making that management easier, making it easier to show other users my returns, um, and, and just visually being able to, to, to see that. Is, is there any thoughts to that? Uh, yeah, that's uh, a good question, actually. Uh, although uh, our resources are limited, uh, and we are working heavily on uh, Spectrum Network, uh, we have a dedicated team uh, which is working on front-end and uh, back-end analytics uh, services. Uh, so we are definitely working on uh, providing users with uh, more information of how their liquidity uh, does in the network, how their perf portfolio performs. Uh, and uh, that's definitely what we will be continuing to work uh, on and uh, improve. Great, thank you. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a very helpful helpful feature, I think, to onboard users. I've, I have quite a few uh, people um, that I show and, and uh, talk to, and, and, and it's, uh, it's difficult to show them a spreadsheet and try to, ha try to have them wrap their mind around that. So that, that is wonderful. I'm, I'm looking forward to you. Yes, almost uh, also uh, worth uh, to note about uh, our third-party services like uh, Top Tools on Cardano, which uh, also provide uh, uh, information, statistics, uh, on uh, and portfolio analysis as far as i know uh for uh dexes on cardano so those services are also helpful i just can't get myself to pay a thousand ada for a tappy <laughs> uh, i thought that uh you have to pay only for um wallet profiler and portfolio profiler is free uh as i've seen Okay, um, so if you don't have any other questions, like, like, do we have any other questions? Don't think so. Okay, can we have like a closing note and you can just inform or uh, talk about anything that you missed? I think we can start with Zenge. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, first of all, I just wanted to say to say thank you for for to Cardano Spot for inviting us here and for Spectrum Finance for organizing all this. Uh, we'll appreciate it. And I also wanted to give a huge thank you to Arminio. Every time, every time I'm on a call with with that guy talking about uh, Rosenbridge and and our proposal, I always have my notes out and I'm just keep 
making notes and writing stuff and it's a never-ending story with you joe so <laughs> thank you always for all the information you share with us man it's 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 very very helpful um for us to paint the picture in our head um in terms of our proposals um i'm not sure if if anybody has any questions right now with that being said though we'll be more than happy to answer any questions that you might have um either later on or in the future we will be having more content coming out uh, we always want to make sure that we we educate and inform our community all the time um so expect to have a lot more content coming out for the joint proposal that we have with spectrum finance and rosenbridge for the new um revenue for spos but also for the other two the governance framework uh, under the atala prism challenge and the winter protocol the traceability solution that we're building um for will be building for cardano um thanks for having us and um keep in keep in mind that you'll be able to to uh touch base with us at any given time thank you yeah great to have you zenget then we can go to uh, spectrum and then finally to armanio yes thank you cardano sport for having us here today uh and uh, thank you all guys for your questions uh, i was happy to talk with you to answer your questions uh feel free to ask uh, those questions that uh, you haven't asked today in uh, our twitter or discord or telegram group uh we'll try to answer them as quickly as possible uh and discuss our product with you and improve accordingly thank you guys see you thank you spectrum yeah go ahead armanio yeah i would like to end just by saying that you know even though rosen is going to start with uh you know a kind of a focus group of spos everything is open source um it will be kind of kept up to date in parallel with those talks so anybody uh can feel free to test what we're building um they can feel free to drop comments on the github uh you know my my thinking in that is just to i don't know you get too many people in a room sometimes the noise cancels each other out but i would love to see uh people beyond just the spo group participate give us our feedback and help us build a good product yeah um so i just want to say thank you to everyone that came today and uh, um thank you to spectrum zenbridge uh, sorry zengate and um, rosenbridge um we have one more thing uh, we have a space to uh, not a space we have a live stream with world mobile i have pinned it on the top so you can set your reminders for that space it will be quite interesting we have mr telecom who's the ceo of world mobile he's also like very uh, famous in the cardano community so do listen uh, into tomorrow space and we have much more planned uh, in the coming weeks so yeah thank you and follow everyone um, that's uh, on top of here all the speakers and check out their proposal i think we can link them in our uh, original post we can just link the zengit proposal spectrum proposal and the uh, joint one so yeah that's it from my side thank you everyone Thank you for everyone joining Theo, Ilya, uh, Arminio, 
we glad, greatly appreciate your presence today. And we'll be reaching out to see if we can do things one-on-one with each, each of you. Thank you again and have a great day, everyone. We'll be closing the space in five seconds.